Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. I am your host, Greg Reese, and today is New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2023, the last day of 2023. I hope you guys are are all healthy and well and keeping sane, keeping happy even, even joyful. Someone recently told me that I don't deserve any joy. I, I, I need to ignore this stuff. But the reason people say that is because they've been radicalized and traumatized over the past year. Uh, that should be evident to everyone. I, I would say if it's not evident to you, then chances are you've been, you're a victim of it. And I, and I sincerely hope you find your way out of the hole. I, uh, the last two videos I uploaded, the one on the, uh, the miraculous nature of water and the mysterious human heart were, you know, intentionally put out during this warm holiday season, Christmas to some and New Year's to others, as we talked about last week on different calendars and different culture celebrating different dates. But for most people, it's traditionally a, a time of caring, a time of warmth and compassion. So I want to put out some positive videos. A lot, most people, most people really appreciated them. But I noticed it triggered a few people. And like I said, and like I've been saying, I really... I really ought to ignore that. You can't, you have no control over the way people feel about things. You have no, you know, everyone's on their own journey, on their own path. But I can't help it. Maybe, I don't know why. I, I want to say it's maybe because I have compassion, but I don't know. I was accused by someone of being a, a CIA plant to discredit Infowars because I was talking about things like the human heart. <laughs> that's a person who's been radicalized. And that's a person I pray for and I hope that they get out of it. Unless that's their journey. You know, that's the fact. We're all on our own path. I truly believe that. I truly believe we're all here. You know, in one sense, we're all here as the same to accomplish and learn the same things. And on another perspective, we're all here on our own paths. We're all here to learn our own things. But there's certainly nothing wrong with showing a little positivity. And um, <clears throat> the only reason I think anyone would argue that is because they've been totally demoralized and traumatized and radicalized. Some people even suggested that, you know, we're in a crucial fight and we have no time to focus on positivity. And they were even saying that hate has its place, you know, in a time of war. I completely disagree with that. If you had two opponents on a battlefield and one of them was fighting with love in their heart and the other was fighting with hate and you were making bets on it, who would you bet on? 
the person fighting with love is not alone. The very, the very least, they have God on their side. But more than that, they have every loving being on their side as well. The person fighting with hate is all alone, completely alone. Not even the demons are going to be at their side. They're in a trap. And their, their judgment's going to be clouded. Their, their sensory, their senses will be clouded. Because um, I, I would argue hate and love are not opposites. A lot of people think they are. Well, I mean, hmm, that's a whole other discussion. But hate is a very strong emotion. And strong emotions will cloud your judgment. I don't really consider love an emotion. Love is more of a state of mind. But anyways, I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're not radicalized or too traumatized. I think it's fair to say we're all, we're all traumatized. Um, and if you are, I, I really hope and pray that you heal from it and get some balance. God is always there for you. All you got to do is ask. So Happy New Year. <clears throat> 2023, um, from my experience, and also from observing the friends around me and all the information that I've absorbed in the past year, 2023 was really an entire year about shifting, a great shift. It was like a pre-shift, whereas 2024 is going to be the shift. We're about to experience the transformation. The last year was all about sort of you know, preparations, seasoning, uh, sort of stewing and brewing and getting ready for this incredible transformative year. I don't think there's any, any denying that. Um, the astrological output is that it's, Everything's going to change. It's going to be incredibly transformative, and it would really behoove everyone to be on their best game, to have to, to muster up as much strength as possible, to open their heart, to face their fears, and to become, to climb upwards. Because the, the negative side of it, of this incredible transformative year, is that those that aren't prepared for this upward climb for this transformation are going to fall into old patterns and old cycles and repeat old things, old bad patterns. And uh, that's not a place that I want to be. That's not a place I wish on anyone. But I do know that, you know, like I said, everyone's on their own path. And maybe some people are meant to, for that fall to learn the hard way once again. But I definitely don't wish it upon any of you. These are things I've learned in, 2000, in 2023. I learned about a year ago in the very beginning of the year, maybe even more like at the end of 22, I learned <clears throat> that I'm not going to repeat the cycles. I'm not going to repeat my, my patterns. I'm not going to fall into, I'm not going to be radicalized into a fight. 
Now, I've said it before, I've said it a bunch of times, I'll say it again. If, if, um, if we the people would have united together to quote unquote fight the evil corrupt government or the evil forces controlling the government, I'm all in. But that's not even really a fight, is it? Because if we all united in that so-called fight, there wouldn't be a fight. There wouldn't be a fight. The, 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 it, would be, it, would be, it would happen overnight. It would happen in an instant. And before anyone had any blood on their hands, we'd be singing songs and rebuilding the world in a proper image of our, of our own. And if we would have united, that image would be extraordinary and beautiful. But the, the forces, the evil forces in control of the, I think, you, I think it's fair to say the entire, all Western nations are clever. And they were able to flip the story and get us to fight each other, which is sad and extremely unimpressive because one side is kind of sort of waking up, you know, uh, wiping the fog out of our eyes, at least trying to wake up. I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I've, anyone I've met who says they know what's going on and they're all awake is a, to me, a frightening person. <clears throat> but to know that you don't know what's going on and to try to figure out what's going on, that's, I think, the, the best you're going to see in humanity. So that's one side. The other side is lost. And I don't mean that in, as in they can't be found and they can't find their way. I just mean they're currently lost. They're not... I mean, how many people on the so-called left are actually political? I would say maybe 0.5%. The rest are, they just simply believe the media. They believe the main narrative. And if you've been paying attention in COVID, then you realize that when you're committed to that lie then the, the, more, the, the bigger that lie gets, the more committed you become. It's like, a, it's like desperately clinging to this illusion. Why? I don't know. I have, you know, uh, I've had an experience when I was very young. I was betrayed and lied to at a young age, at the age of five, which resulted in, in me basically kind of having a, you know, you could say like somewhat of a red pill moment at, at age five. At age five, I realized that the story on TV was a lie. I didn't know what the truth was. I just knew that the story that was being told but was a lie. At a very young age, I was be, I was, it, was, it was completely evident to me that, that, you know, the people on TV are, the reason they sound phony is because they are phony, <laughs> Because they're they're these talking heads just repeating the lie over and over. The propaganda must be complete. That's how propaganda works. You can't half-ass it. 
You have to go full full force. You have to have that story repeated, not just on the news, but on soap operas and daytime television and radio commercials and everything. It has to be repeated over and over and over again by everything. It becomes, in a way, it, it seems, it, it in many ways becomes a god to people. And that becomes their faith, is the story. And, and that's why they cling to it. Because I would argue that the, we have something built inside of us to have faith in God, and when you don't have that faith in God, then you're going to find faith in something. And that's how it works. But I got sucked into the fight for a bit, mainly because, like I said, I was hoping that there would be some type of mass unification, mass awakening. And, you know, I'm not a nationalist at all. I'm not a globalist. I'm a human being. I love my home simply because of memories, simply because, you know, it's where I, was, it's where I grew up. But I've lived all over and I've moved all over. I, uh, I think um, nationalism is, a, is a, definitely a form of radicalization. It's a form of mind control. It's a form of getting you to sacrifice yourself and your children for the agendas of the ruling corporation of that, of that nation. <clears throat> now, if we were all, you know, wearing animal skins and living in tribes, you know, maybe things would be different. Maybe I'd feel differently about it. Maybe my survival would depend on, on, on tribalism. I don't know. But we don't live there, do we? So what I learned over a year ago, just a little, little over a year ago, was I'm not going to... I'm not... Oh, I was going to say lay my life down for a fight, but it's not even about that because I don't worry about that. God has a time for me to die. I'll die when, I'm, when God's ready for me to die. And when that time comes, I'll be grateful because that's my time. What I was concerned about was, was taking someone else's life, especially the lost. Like, it's, it's embarrassing how these, how people who think they're awake are so willing to fight those who are asleep. It's embarrassing because it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Like, what kind of fight is that? It's a massacre, is what that is. It's a slaughter. Senseless slaughter of your neighbors. <clears throat> it's embarrassing to see the new radicalized right wing getting all pumped up and, and pushing their chests out and acting all tough about this when their, you know, perceived opponent is blind, deaf, and dumb. There's nothing, there's nothing brave or courageous or impressive at all about that. It's weak. It's pathetic. It's sad. What would be noble, I mean, beyond words, 
noble and honorable would be to open our hearts, unite with one another, and face the actual threat, which is this lies and manipulation coming from the forces that control our governments. And like I said, if we were to do that, it would be inevitably peaceful. It's hard to even imagine how glorious something like that would be. Something that I've dreamed about since 2004. When I first had my, um, I've had several awakening type experiences in my life, religious level awakening experiences. But the one about, you know, like the new world order and everything that's going on and the big, the big, the big, big, big one that happened in 2004 when, yeah, and I guess I was guilty of thinking I saw everything. Well, no, I mean, to be fair, I guess I'm, I'm so used to my whole life. I've felt like I've been deceived and lied to. And every time I think I figure something out, give it a couple of years and I'll be like, oh, I was wrong about that too. And it's a humbling experience, but it's a good experience because it's kept me from, it's trained me from making that dangerous leap into thinking, oh, I know what's going on. I got it all figured out now. So by the grace of God, I've been spared of that. <clears throat> Even today, thank God, when I think I have things figured out, I know immediately in my mind, in the, not just in the back of my mind, but in the front of my mind that, uh, Greg, be careful. You probably don't have it figured out. Just keep looking. It's not even really about having it figured out. It's really just about one step at a time along the path, trying not to fall into a ditch. That's really what it's about. And enjoying yourself along the way because there's no reason not to. And in fact, that's probably the most important thing is to remain loving, kind, compassionate, and joyful. That's it. That's where health lies for our bodies. And if you're not going to take care of your body, then what's the point of this life anyways? We have uh, trillions of living things inside of our body depending on us to take care of ourselves. Everyone pretty much understands the idea of taking care of a pet or a child. That's a responsibility that most people understand. Well, you got, we all have trillions of pets, if you want to call them that, in our body that are completely dependent upon us on our decisions on our free will for their health and their happiness. I, I do believe they feel happiness and joy. I think when, they're, when we're healthy and our cells are healthy, they're thriving and vibrating in a, in a joyful manner. Why not? So I wanted to fight for a while. There's been plenty of times I wanted to fight. You know, when I joined the Marine Corps 30 years ago, I was a very angry, very angry young man, angry at everything. And I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that everyone was lying to me. And I didn't even know at the time what I was angry about. I figured that out later on in life. But at the time, I didn't even know. I thought maybe I was just crazy. And... You know, I joined the Marine Corps and not, I told people, I lied to my family and friends saying, oh, I'm a patriot and I want to defend my country. But I knew that that war was a bullshit corporate 
a war. I knew that. I was joining to, uh, you know, go kill people to deal with my anger. And um, luckily, by the grace of God, I was spared that. I, I've, I've never met a combat vet who said, yeah, you, war is a good thing. And I've done um, past life regressions. I'll tell you about them right now. I don't think I've ever talked about them on the podcast. I wrote about them in my book, Sex, Drugs, and Ohm. If you're interested, you could check it out on Amazon.com, and it's all about my... It's everything I'm talking about now. It's about how I was had some strange experience that happened to me when I was five that affected me in a certain way and deeply affected my life and my lifestyle. And um, eventually recovered uh, missing memories and uh, with a bit of like meditation and detective work and phone calls and stuff, I was able to piece it all together and and eventually heal. Actually, was writing the book that made me finally let go of the past. Because after rewriting it a dozen times, I just literally became completely sick of it, you know? Which is great, because I no longer think about it. You know, maybe occasionally with a little nostalgia and pleasant thoughts and memories, but I'm not haunted by it like I was for many years. But in the process of that, I, I uh, looked up... Um, you could uh, best define my experience as, as uh, satanic ritual abuse. And it wasn't nearly as bad as, like, if anyone's out there suffered that or even read about it, my experience had a powerful effect on me, but it wasn't nearly as bad as the stuff I've read. <clears throat> Seems to have been an isolated event for me. And it was very, that was a mystery to me. Why? Because I was kind of surrounded by, by these people in my childhood. So I was, and so for years I was like, oh, I just can't remember. Some, it was obviously a lot more than that one event and I just can't remember. But uh, after exhausting many different therapies and stuff like that, I've come to the belief that no, it was an isolated event. And I just sort of chalked it up as God's grace. I was very fortunate. But I, one of the most humbling things I've heard on that subject was when I interviewed Kathy O'Brien, after our conversation, um, after the recording, I guess you could say off air, I, asked, I told her about my experience and I asked her for her thoughts. Because my, my question even though I kind of let go of it, I was still curious. Like, what was it? Why me? And her answer was very humbling. She just immediately said, oh, they, they just mistook you. They thought you were in the program and you weren't. And as soon as she said that, it was not just humbling. It just, it just felt true. It just, I was like, that's what it was. You know, I was a towhead. That means like, you know, super blonde. I was a super blonde haired kid, blue eyes. And according to David Icke's research, that's sort of the, the typical model, the preferred model for whatever reason. He has his theories as to why that is. It has to do with something with the genetics. <clears throat> and uh, 
And like I said, I was surrounded by people in this crowd. It seems that's a that's an educated guess. And so, yeah, I think she's right. I think they thought that I was already in this program, and they found out that I wasn't, and that was that. And it had its um, it had its own purposes. It, it's really created the person I am today and and in many, 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 many ways has shaped my personality as to the work that I do, seeking the truth and trying to expose the darkness. I think that's a lot of people in my line of work in this great reset, great awakening era. I, I think it's fair to say a lot of people probably have experienced things similar and that's why they're doing what they're doing. But uh, in the process of trying to figure things out, I looked up a therapist when I was living in Texas, ooh, probably back in 2008. I uh, went online and did my research to try to find a, a hypnotherapist who specialized in, in um, satanic ritual abuse. Can't remember her name. I wish I could. I've tried to look her up again just to give her... I wanted to give her my, a copy of my book. Couldn't find her. I don't even know if she's still around, but she was an amazing woman. Um, that's what she specialized in. She worked out of her home, which she had very cozy. There was like pillows on the floor, and it was just a very cozy place, and, and um, a lot of animals and pets, and she dealt with a lot of traumatized people and uh and i i went to her because i wanted to have regressive hypnotherapy and so part of her method was to first have me go back to past lives and she said that the reason she does that is because when you go back this life can be triggering because it's this current life and and that's why you block these memories out because they're so traumatic and you know triggering's not the right word traumatizing they're, you're traumatized by them so your mind like creates walls to shut to shut those memories out and she said it's so it's a little difficult to get there so she says as a warm up exercise she wanted to go into past lives and so like any responsible therapist she explained that to me and then she asked me if I was okay with that and if I'd be willing to do that and I was like sure Sounds like fun. And it was fun. It was, first of all, you know, I realized that hypnotherapy is nothing like what you see on TV. I mean, I guess the, like they even admit, the, the, the ones where they can make a person like act a fool in front of a big crowd, or the, the really crazy ones where the therapists or the hypnotherapists can hypnotize people to think they're actually killing someone. I mean, there's a video of this. I, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he hypnotized people to like assassinate someone and they put blanks in the gun and the, and the target acted like they were killed, but the person actually did it. Those hypnotherapists will admit that there's only a very small percentage of the human population that are able to be hypnotized in that way. And uh, I kind of knew my whole life that I wasn't, that type of person. I uh, mainly, you know, I, I kind of, the same reason I knew that 
no one's going to ever pick my pockets. And that's simply because I don't trust anyone. <laughs> you know, that's simply because it, when, for my whole life, I, if anyone got into my personal space, I would immediately back the hell away and, and recognize that person as a threat. You know, um, that's for me a blessing. You know, I, it's probably saved me a lot of trouble in my life just because I understand that, you know, even it's not even about, you know, you can love people and not trust them. You just have to recognize human nature. You know, humans can do some crazy things. So you got to be careful. Like I never understood why people keep their wallet in their back pocket. It almost seems like you're offering it up. You're going to have to get very personal and intimate with me if you're going to pick, you know, if you're going to get my wallet. So we went back into... We did three. And what I realized was that hypnotherapy was nothing like I thought it was. It was a guided meditation. That's all it was. It was no different than if you go on YouTube and you open up a video, guided meditation, and there's a voice saying, you know, close your eyes, breathe deeply, picture a clear sky. You know, <clears throat> you're not going into a trance. You're just having someone's words sort of guide your visualization and guide your, you know, direct you to slow your heartbeat and relax. That's all it is. I found it very uh, and pleasant, and um, the results were very interesting. So we did three of them. And basically she would start off by, she would have me lay down on, on a, like I said, there was pillows all over. It was a very cozy place. So it was like in this one room, and there was, you know, nice thick shag carpeting and a futon and pillows. So she just had me lay comfortably down on the futon and close my eyes. And she sat in the other side of the room and she was just quietly, you know, breathe deeply, close your eyes. And she would, if I can remember correctly, she basically said, um, you're going through a tunnel and I want you to open a door and walk through it. And so I would visualize opening a door and walking through it. And then now I'm in a past life memory. And then as soon as I would open the door and walk through it, she would say, okay, now I want you to remember your happiest memory in this life. And it was, what was interesting about it was I didn't have to, you know, I have an imagination. I know all about imagination. I have a very, very active imagination. But I, and so I know what it feels like to fantasize and imagine things. And this wasn't that. This was much more like a memory. You know, she asked me to remember my happiest memory. And then within a flash, it just came. It was, it wasn't, it just was there. And so my first one was, uh, happiest memory was I was at a lake. And she, you know, she would ask me to describe what I was wearing. So I looked down at my body and I saw I was wearing like, what looked like deerskin, <clears throat> deerskin clothes, moccasins at a lake, sun was shining, and I was with my family and friends, and we were just having a fun, fun time, chilling out, going swimming, sitting by the lake. And then she said, okay, now I want you to remember your moment of death in that life. And so right away, once again, it wasn't like a, trying to fantasize anything or imagine anything. 
it was immediate. And the memory of death was, I, I was laying on the ground, bloodied, uh, murdered. And I could look up and I could see who I knew for some reason was my father hung from a tree, surrounded uh, by the, you know, the rest of my family. We were all killed. And, um, and then we went to the next life. The next life was, uh, happiest memory was uh, at, in the evening under a tree by a small body of water. I guess you could, you could call it an oasis. And I appeared to be a, a female in chains with other females in chains. It appeared to be, I don't know, Egypt or something. The desert. It appeared to be in the desert, and we found a cool little oasis, and that was my happiest memory. It seemed as if I got the impression, more than an impression, it was like a memory. It was like I knew that I was a slave, and and the life of slavery was so bad that my fondest memory was just this brief moment in shackles in the cool night air, you know? <clears throat> and in that memory, I was also slaughtered. I was slaughtered because I saw something I wasn't supposed to see. Third memory we did was uh, I was a man, a powerful man, probably looked like I was European, wearing fine, expensive clothes, almost like uh, royalty. Uh, I was in my own home with guests, but I was off in a corner alone feeling very sad and lonely. It was actually the loneliest life memory of all three. When I was poor, slave and, and, uh, and a native, uh, life seemed really light and happy. But in this memory, as the powerful, rich European man, it seemed like I was lonely and uh, conflicted and sad. Uh, even though I had a fireplace big enough that you could walk in standing up. And that's not too shabby. I wouldn't mind that today. That would be pretty badass. So long as I wasn't as sad and lonely as in this memory. And um, in that, the death was somewhat unmemorable and alone. And then, uh, but anyways, <clears throat> the impression I got because I am open to past lives. It makes it just makes the most sense. Um, I don't believe for a second that the Bible is written literally. That doesn't make any sense at all. The only, I mean, how does that make sense? If it was written so long ago, how, how would they, it would be written by fools if they were to write it literally. Um, the divine grace of God and the Holy Spirit would write it as an allegory because it's like a, it's a, it's a timeless piece that way. That's where most people get it wrong, in my opinion, is, is their simple minds don't understand that. <clears throat> it's not that easy to write a timeless book that people will be able to understand and get information from no matter how the culture changes or no matter how modernity, modernity changes things. But if you write it allegorically and the reader understands its allegory, then with the Holy Spirit, a person is going to be able to 
draw a lot of knowledge from that. It's quite beautiful. I'm a big fan of, of scripture and, and the allegory of it because it's, it's, it's impressive. It's beautiful. Um, and it's timeless. But take, for example, heaven and hell. <clears throat> if you're, if you, if you learn from your mistakes and you show the courage and the strength to climb upwards, find your path, follow your heart, and face the unknown with courage and faith in God, then you're going to find heaven in this experience. And if you keep repeating the same mistakes and, and you don't learn from them, and you just keep repeating them like a dog chasing its tail, you're going to find hell that makes perfect sense. And so the reason I'm rambling on about this for so long is because about a year ago, I learned that I, I wasn't going to repeat these cycles. I wasn't going to keep chasing my tail. I wanted to break the cycle. And I do think a big part of my past was conflict and fighting and being manipulated and tricked, radicalized by the hidden hand to uh, take on their karma or fight their battles or do their bidding. And, um, and so I knew clearly a little over a year ago, I was not going to do that. I was going to break the cycle and stand for peace, no matter what comes. Unfortunately, it's not going to be, it doesn't seem to be that mass unity piece. There is going to be a great deal of strife and conflict. We're already in it. I mean, there's already people dying. There's war right now. We're at war. The world is at war right now. And it appears to be just getting started. And without this mass unification, I don't see any way out of it. So it seems like it's coming. So there are people here Today, there are people listening right now who want that fight. They want the war. They want the blood on their hands, and that's, that's fine. I do not judge you. Like I said several times, everyone is on their own path, and who am I to say that is not your path <clears throat> to be the pawn in someone else's war? We have hard lessons in life. We all, I, I learn the hard way. That's really, I'm stubborn. That's mainly the, the only way I really learn. That and the grace of God. Sometimes by the divine grace of God, I, I, will, I will be shown the light. But if you get off the path, then the only way to learn is to fall into a ditch. So I'm not here to judge you, but I'm not fighting that war. You know, I don't care. They can kill and they can torture me. And I'll smile with God in my heart, knowing that at the very least, I am not being tricked and radicalized into uh, being someone else's puppet in a violent massacre. So that's what I learned in 2023. Peace, not war. You can count me out. 
of your stupid, embarrassing, weak civil war of killing the mentally ill. It's pathetic. Count me out. Hopefully I'll be alive long enough to maybe help some of these folks in in whatever small way I can. That's what I'm living for right now. That's what Jesus would do. Everyone likes to say that, uh, you know, Jesus smashed the tables at the, the money changers. Sure he did. I'm all for that. It's a bit different though, don't you think? Or that's talking about the big banks, if you want to put that into modern allegorical context. And we're not doing that, are we? No. We're fighting each other for the big banks. Big difference. One is righteous and noble, and the other is sad and pathetic. Uh, but enough about that. The other thing I learned in 2023 is, is not as personal. It's more of a historical thing. And this is something that a lot of people will probably nod their heads and be like, yeah, it took you long enough, Greg. We've known that forever. But I finally kind of figured out that the crown, I like to say the crown. I don't even really know. What, I don't, and when I say that, I don't mean like King Charles or they represent the crown. I don't even know what the crown is. I kind of think the crown is a non-human force. Uh, but I just say the crown because that's where you can trace it to. But uh, the crown took back power of, of the United States at the Civil War, for sure. That makes perfectly clear sense to me now. My next report coming out will be somewhat on that subject. It's about trauma-based mind control is the next video I'm, put, I'm putting out. But it gets into the orphan trains and the, the odd fellows. And, and that's what that was. That was the crown <coughs> sending over their people. They're Freemasons, they're Oddfellows to repopulate America with their influence. Now, I kind of knew that. <clears throat> I've known since childhood it wasn't about slavery. Um, I knew it was about the federal government taking control over states' rights. But now I realize that that federal government was the crown. That's what it is. That's what I think Trump is. I think Trump's job is to maintain, uh, now I say this lightly because I'm, I'm really confused about American politics. I don't know what the hell's going on. I still know everyone's lying. I know that. I don't see anyone, anyone saying much truth in America. But I would guess that that's Trump's job is to maintain the power for the crown. Because they're... Ultimately, what they're doing, ultimately, all this that's happening right now is the major shift. I shouldn't say all that's happening because it's a pretty big deal. A major shift of the era, the shifting of the ages, quite literally the, 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 the new year of the great year. From Pisces into Aquarius in the great year, which is a 25,000 year calendar, is, uh, you know, that's happy new years in a big year, the 25,000 year which is usually, it seems to be followed by a great deal of cataclysm, physically and emotionally and spiritually, for whatever reason. That's a whole other subject, too. But it's, it seems clear that when they made their plans for the shift, they knew that they were going to risk the balkanization of America. They knew that they were risking the, the very likely possibility that America would end up splitting up into small pieces, maybe back to the States, maybe into something new. 
and the federal government through Washington, D.C., that is where the crown has their finger. That's where, all, that's where their power stems from in America. And so they can't afford to lose that. They've worked very hard to regain that. If we're to believe recorded history, they started right after the revolution without skipping a beat. And of course they did. I mean, we're talking about the crown. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, well, we lost that one. And they started the day after. And they accomplished that goal after the Civil War. And that's why the, that's what the Federal Reserve Bank is. They needed a, a banking system that they could use tied directly to the Bank of England and the Rothschild banking dynasty that they could use to do what they want with this country. And what they've done is they've, well, they've made a mess of it, haven't they? But that's the reality. This whole waving flags and USA, USA and freedom, freedom. It's rhetoric. It's bullshit. It's marketing slogans to make us think that that we have any kind of independence or freedom at all. And we don't. We're slaves to the crown. And we have been. Our, there's no one alive today who hasn't been. <clears throat> so these are things I learned in 2023. <clears throat> What's to come in 2024? Well, I mean, could be anything, right? I think one thing most people I consider intelligent and knowledgeable are saying is it's going to be epic. It's going to be massively transformative. Ultimately, I think for the better. I remain skeptical on all things, but it does seem pretty evident that uh, that the historical idea of these cycles uh, for whatever reason seem to be real and uh, according to most accounts we are coming out of the uh, the Iron Age the Kali Yuga you could call it the Dark Age and that's followed by the Golden Age which kind of makes sense because it's like trial by fire through the cauldron of pain and suffering that's what this awakening is. The reason that we're awakening is because we've experienced this Kali Yuga. We've experienced this darkness. The darkness will show you the light. A lot of you understand that right away. That like, uh, the, hmm, you know, red pill moment. When I had my red pill moment, realizing all the lies and the darkness and the evil, the reason I didn't get... Um, traumatized by that is because I was already traumatized by it. Waking up to it is actually seeing the light. Once you realize the, the reality of evil that exists in the world, at least in my experience, it inevitably led to understanding the power of love and the power of goodness and the reality of God. I mean, I don't think I ever doubted the reality of God, but um, I guess, I guess, no, that's not true. I guess Right up 
the few years leading up to my so-called red pill moment, I was starting to question things. I was starting to have doubts. And that all ended when I recognized the reality of evil. <clears throat> you can criticize Walt Disney all you want, but the Disney movies do tell the truth. They show you the nature of evil. In many ways, they show it to you. They exemplify it. But they also, the tales that they tell also show you the power of love and the power of goodness. It's all there. Full disclosure. Can't have one without the other. That's the nature of this place. It's okay to, to have love for evil. It's okay to. I see it as a harsh teacher. When I, uh, a quick story, when I, I hated high school, I blew it off all the time. I could cl cut classes all the time. Um, so I didn't really apply my, I would fall asleep during tests. I would fall asleep during final exams, you know? So I was failing, uh, almost all my classes when I was a senior. And I, I was able to talk four of my teachers into allowing me to do a video project that would determine a passing grade or a failing grade. And, um, Four, I had five classes I was failing. Four of the teachers agreed, <clears throat> and it was a slam dunk. I was just able to make videos. I was making the kind of videos I make today back then, and so I would make videos on subjects that I knew they were really into, you know, and, uh, and they were moved, and so they gave me the passing grade. But one of those teachers, one of the five, my um, history teacher, he was also a hockey coach, I believe. Uh, he said, no. He said, you're taking the test, and if you pass it, you pass it. If you fail it, you fail it. So <clears throat> that upset me. He didn't, he didn't fall for my schemes or my charms. So I had to do old-fashioned work. I remember chugging coffee, staying up all night, cramming and studying and cramming and studying. And I passed the test. And looking back, I have a, I mean, nothing against the other, I mean, I'm grateful that four of those five teachers allowed me to do a video project. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think any less of them, but there's a certain amount of admiration and respect I have for the one who didn't, you know, he showed no compassion and he made me work hard. And I don't see that as much different as the evil forces on earth. They're, uh, they're not letting up on us because we're not here to be taken care of. We're here to learn how to take care of ourselves and each other. So it's okay to have love for him. Like I said at the very beginning of this, if you are here to fight, and like I said, I'm not going to judge you. A lot, I'm sure a lot of people are. If you want to win that fight, then fight with love. Love your enemy. You're going to have a lot more success and you're going to find victory if you can love your enemy than if you're seething with hate. When you kill, if you have an infestation in your house that you have to eradicate, which is often the case, do you do it with hate? Probably, probably not. I mean, that's silly, stupid. So... 2024 is going to be wild. And um, I recommend, if you're not already close to God, 
And if you're not already confident that you're on your path that God has laid out for you, <clears throat> that's my recommendation for 2024. Um, I've said it all year. I, do, I no longer, I don't think I ever did, but I definitely no longer understand American politics. I do not understand these, these fake heroes and leaders that were being shown on TV to follow. Uh, Tucker Carlson is one. He's a likable guy. Don't get me wrong. He's a charming guy. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I have trust issues. I've never met him. I know that his father was in the intelligence networks. Um, it's interesting. His own actions are interesting. Yeah. He's sort of had this turnaround, but <clears throat> you know, I, I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm sort of switching gears you know, I've gone through a big shifting of gears in 2023 and 2024 is going to be a big change for me. I know that I'm sticking to my lane. I'm sticking to the things I know. I'm not going to get involved in the American politics because I just don't get it. If you were to ask me, I'd say it's all secret society, intelligence, operation, Freemason stuff. It's all it is. Some people will be like, well, they have to lie. They have to have secret society, blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe, but that's not my expertise. I don't get it, so I'm not going to bother. But the reason I bring Tucker up isn't to criticize him. The reason I bring him up is because he's been saying something recently that I can't argue with at all. It's almost as if I'm hearing myself talk. I just saw a video someone sent me of an interview with him about aliens or the non-human entities, and he's talking about it. People who have... If you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while, I'm sure you'd agree if you saw this interview... And if you listen to me talk about it, it's, it's exactly the same stuff I say. You know, first of all, saying, I don't know. This is just my best guess. Second of all, saying that it's clouded with is, is probably more lies and, and disinformation than any other subject. And uh, thirdly, that it's, they're not alien at all. They've been here as long as we have, if not longer, uh, certainly for as long as recorded history. And it has, seems to have a spiritual element. He said all these things. I can't, he, he said nothing that I have any problem with. It came across to me as probably one of the most genuine, honest things I've heard him say. <clears throat> so there's that. <clears throat> I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if um, these creatures show up. Uh, flat Earth. Terrible nickname, but humans are simple creatures and we like our little slogans. Uh, I don't like that term because it puts an image in people's head of a pancake in space, which is stupid. doesn't make any sense. But I mean, the reason they say Flat Earth is simply because there is no curvature. And no one disputes that, except for unscientific people that are just repeating things that they think are true. But science has been pointing that out for 500 years that there is no observable curvature and there's no answer for that. There is no scientific answer. There's none. That's it. That's that. There is no curvature. So anyways, that's a whole other subject too, but a lot of people say, why would they lie about the shape of the earth? What does it matter? Why would they lie about that? And a lot of people say that the reason is to distance you from God, which I can see why they say that, because it 
the heliocentric model did start having that effect on me before I saw that there was no curvature. The um, heliocentric model kind of puts this idea in your head that we're, you know, we're a tiny grain of sand in a, in a vast universe out in the middle of nowhere, and it's all just some big bang accident, freak of nature, no meaning to life, just an amazing coincidence that we just happen to be alive. <clears throat> that can make you feel distant from God, I think. I was starting to get there before I had a major awakening on it. So I see that argument, but here's my theory as to why they lie about it. If you look into history, the history is rich with giants and non-humans. It's really only in the past hundred years, it seems, where that's been made into a joke where that's been sort of turned around and if you talk about giants or aliens or non-humans, people will roll their eyes at you. That's very new. Maybe even less than 100 years. That's how new it is. But you go any time in the past before that, it's everywhere. And more than that, um, there's these creatures have gotten a bad rap. There's a lot of stories of them eating us and ruling over us and, and controlling us and farming us. <coughs> Some people call them demons. It doesn't really matter what you call them. It's uh, across the board, humanity has had a problem with these creatures. We've never really quite got along. And, uh, and even though they've sort of conditioned us to, to not believe that they exist... It's in our blood. It's in our blood not to trust them and not to like them and to be scared of them. And so my little theory is that these creatures, they, they, they either rule over us or they like to think they rule over us. I don't know the answer to that. It seems as if they're currently ruling over us from the shadows, <clears throat> maybe even from underground and inside of mountains and Antarctica. <clears throat> um, and they don't like to hide. Who does? No one likes to hide. No one likes to have to, if they have to hide in the shadows, that's not fun. And so they want to rule from the throne again. They want to rule from on high. They want to have us kneel before them and give thanks to them, make offerings to them, like in the good old days. And so how do they do that? Well, they flip the story. The old story, shared by just about every culture on earth, included a closed system, a geocentric system, with an underworld, with powerful giants in power and in control. And so they, they, just, they created a new story where we're in this massive, vast universe, a small speck in the middle of nowhere, and we can't stop killing each other, and these aliens from somewhere else 
from planets that are like Star Trek tells the story, right? They're like planets out there that are far more advanced because they've lived longer than we have and they've learned to overcome these things that we're dealing with. So they have knowledge that we don't that could benefit us and they're going to come here someday and share their knowledge with us. They're going to clean up our atmosphere. They're going to teach us how to not kill each other and end wars. That's my theory. So they wanted to create this new story so that when these creatures return, and they're not really returning, they're just coming out of the shadows, it'll be a fake return. This is what the fake alien invasion is to me. When I say fake alien invasion, I don't mean some silly, stupid hologram. I know we're dummies, but we're not that dumb. No, I mean, they're going to show up in, in their fancy technology craft, and they're going to show up in their actual non-human form. <clears throat> but they don't want to be recognized as these fallen angels or these Nephilim or these giants or whatever you want to call them. They want to be recognized as something new and fresh, something that we could trust, something that we could worship even. And so that's the space alien story. That's just my theory. Uh, if someone were to, uh, I would probably, if someone who still believes in the heliocentric model asked me the question, why would they lie? I, I probably wouldn't even answer them. I don't even try. It's a big subject. It's a big one. And a lot of people aren't even capable. Well, they, they don't think they're capable of doing the math and the science to actually question the heliocentric model. I would argue they are capable. They're just lazy. They just don't want to try. Everyone's capable of math and science. Just takes a little brain exercise. <clears throat> so I wouldn't even bother answering them. But if uh, someone who, who no longer believed in the heliocentric model, if an open-minded person asked me the question, why would they lie or why did they, why did they lie? That would be my answer. And that's my theory. And I think they're coming. I think they're going to make an appearance. And uh, I think Tucker knows it. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe Tucker's a genuine guy. People think I'm in the CIA. People think I'm a plant. People think I'm a, a bad guy lying. So, you know, I get it. Maybe I'm wrong about Tucker. Maybe he's a genuine dude. But anyways, his if you haven't heard him talk about his recent, really recent interviews talking on the subject of aliens, I recommend it. He's, he's in my opinion, he's dead on. There's nothing he says about it that I can argue with. He, every, I almost agree with every aspect of what he's talking about. Crop circles. If you haven't really, if you, if you were rolling your eyes at crop circles thinking that they're man-made, you haven't really looked into it. I mean, if there is a human making those things, then they're magic. They have powers that we don't understand. These things don't, these things, first of all, they come up in the dark of night and they come up overnight. Sun goes down, they're not there. The sun comes up and they're there. And it's, there's no explanation as to how they're made. And there's um, unexplained phenomenon, physical phenomenon left in the actual crop. The genetics are changed. <clears throat> it's undeniable. And they seem to be code talking to us. Many of these intricate Geometrical formations can be mathematically deciphered 
into a, you know, a code that you can comprehend and get a meaning from. Like a meme. And they, most, they seem to be fairly positive. And the, 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 the most repeated meme in the crop circles is transformation, is that we are about to experience a major transformation here. Good versus evil. I, I already talked about you know, how evil is, is the harsh teacher. It's nothing to fear. I, I, I honestly think it's some people's path. It's a path I do not want. If there are past lives, I'm quite certain that I've been on that path in the past. And I hope that I've learned my lessons and I've gone through it and I don't have to repeat it. It's a hard path. I, who, no one wants to be that role of the monster. <clears throat> but I see the, that's how I see good and evil. I see it as a, the nature of physical reality. It's a teaching method. And it's two sides of trying to get to the same outcome. The same outcome being that we are all one. Now, one way of doing that is to serve others and to allow the individual to come to these conclusions on their own, that we are all one, to encourage people at an individual level to serve others because we are all one. That would be the good. And the evil would be the collectivist idea, the uh, communism is a perfect example to force people to serve others, to force people into a sort of a community situation because we are all one. Same outcome, different approaches. I am 100% on the, on the side of trying to allow people to come to that conclusion on their own. And it just makes sense to me because when you can get there on your own, well, I don't think it's on your own, it's with the grace of God, but if you can get there with the grace of God on your own, then you know it. You're not just following orders. You know in your heart that that's the thing to do is to serve others because we are all one. But that is the goal here, in my opinion. The goal on earth, and we're, some people think we're stuck here and it's an evil trap and you have to escape. I'm open to that. I remain skeptical. I don't know. But I... My gut, my intuition tells me that we're here for a very important reason. It's, it's, it's to learn that we're all one, and it's to learn to love each other. It's to learn to take care of each other even. And, and I think that's the only way you get out of here, is to learn that lesson. The Buddhists have a thing they call bodhisattvas, which are people that have learned that lesson, gotten out, and have chosen to come back in to serve others and to help, you know, the idea is, is, is we're going to stay in this hell until everyone else figures it out too and gets out. It's a, the Marine Corps way. <clears throat> you don't want to leave any, any Marines behind. I kind of admire that. I think a lot of people would say that's what angels are. I don't necessarily understand what angels are, but, you know, I would, same thing, different word probably. Um... COVID and the virus. We're going we're gonna to see some type of COVID 2.0 in 2024, I would think. We've been saying that for months now, and it hasn't come. Maybe they just keep trying, and they, maybe they realize they're not going to see it. I haven't done a report on the idea that of um, 
that there's no such thing as a virus because simply because I haven't found enough receipts to make that report. I've had people yell at me, uh, accusing me of being a, a plant because I haven't done that report and saying, oh, there's all kinds of evidence. No, there isn't. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence, a lot of really good circumstantial evidence. In fact, I tend, if I were to, if, if I had to make a choice today as to whether I think a virus is real or not, I would say, no, I don't think it's real. I do think it's the, the body cleansing itself. I do think it's a, it's a type of detoxification. I think the exosome is what the real thing is. <clears throat> and I have touched on that in certain videos, because especially the exosome, because there's enough receipts on that subject. So yeah, I do think, and I would like to see that come out. Like, the nature of the human body seems to be as long as you take care of it, it takes care of you. So maybe we'll see that. Maybe we will see enough evidence that comes out that shows that the virus is a fantasy. It's a lie. And what I mean by that is I don't, I'm not, there's, there is bacteria. There's a lot of very beneficial bacteria in our body. And there is bacteria that's not beneficial that you can get that can get you sick. There's funguses and there's, there's all kinds of small particle stuff that, you know, can be poisonous and toxic just specifically talking about the virus. It is the perfect weapon and lie because you can't see it. You can't detect it really. It's so small. It's like this invisible death. So they can kill you with a vaccine and they can blame it on a virus. If you've read The Gods of Eden, uh, William Bramley, the author, points out that that seems to have been going on for a long time. It seems like the plague was some type of, you know, intelligently made toxin poison used to depopulate and thin the herd and was blamed on the plague. I think the plague is, is real, but the, you know, you can just let a little bit of plague out here and there show it and then kill people with the whatever and blame it on the plague. The good I'd like to see in 2024, what I plan on seeing in my own life and what I hope for all of you as well is personal health. <clears throat> I'm learning more than ever how basic and fundamental certain things are. Sunlight. If you're, if you're living somewhere where you're not getting sunlight... There are artificial lights that you can put in your house that will help. There's vitamin D supplements that will help. Get as much sunshine as you can. Make contact with the earth. That's real stuff. There seems to be a, a, a hell of a lot of knowledge that we've lost. And the good news is that it's pretty easy. It's, it's like the, it's the God gave us this earth that has everything we need. We don't need uh, drugs. We don't need that stuff. We have it all. It's all here for us. I'd like to see us get back to that in 2024. Becoming a little more hippie. Maybe people don't like that word. When I use that word, I, that's what I mean. I mean a tree hugger, right? Uh, take your walk on the 
ground with your bare feet, you know, that kind of stuff. Warmth, love and compassion, stuff like that. Take a leap of faith. I recently took a leap of faith and it's really starting to pay off as it always does. It's scary, just how it implies a leap of faith. Of course, it's going to be scary. I said last week I was going to reveal things this week. That's sorry, I can't. I'm still sorting things out, but that's coming soon, maybe in a couple, two, three weeks. But I took a leap of faith and it's, it seems like it's going to work out and I'm very grateful. God is great. I think, like I said earlier on, this year, the 2023 was about a sort of shift preparing you. Like, I mean, this is my experience. This also seems to be the experience of all my friends. It's like God letting you, giving you a heads up. Heads up, everyone. Things are about to change. Get ready. And now we're in 2024 and probably when, especially when the spring comes, I think that's the true beginning of a year. Um, when that spring rebirth comes, get ready because things are going to, everything's going to start changing. And this is the time to get ready. So take a leap of faith. Don't fall back into old cycles or patterns. That's the last thing I want to see for any of you. That's not a good thing. And I think it's going to be extra painful for those that do fall back into old cycles. There is a, 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 a tremendous shift coming in, in every, in every way, not just physically, but spiritually. We are all just human. And so we're all capable of falling back into old cycles or climbing all the way to the top of the mountain. It's up to your free will. That's what your free will is all about. Victimhood is just a state of mind. And don't be a victim. Be a victor. That's what 2024 is going to be all about. And, you know, that might mean that you're going to win your political battles. Uh, but I'm very suspect of that. I think it's really going to be really about uh, on a personal, spiritual basis between you, God, and your closest loved ones. And I want to see, I want to see all of you climb that mountain. You know? I mean, I, I mean, I really do. I guess more, more than that, I want to see you fulfill everything that you're here to fulfill, reach your full potential, whatever that is. So yeah, I hope you guys have a happy new year. I hope you enjoy New Year's Eve and I hope your new year is great. It's going to be a wild ride. There's no doubt about that. But uh, the, the past, you know, since 2020, especially really since 2016, things have gone that shit wild crazy. And I really think 2024, I really do expect it to be the turning point. Well, we might not feel, you know, the peaceful light of the sun and on our gentle days for a few years, but it's the turning point. I said last year around this time of year, uh, for the 2023, I was predicting, you know, the year of death. 23 is the, is the biblical number for death, the end. And that's kind of what it was. That's what I'm basically describing. It was the end of this right before the, the shifting and the transformation 
You know, it's like the the caterpillar in the chrysalis in the cocoon might be appearing to be in a dead state. Might seem like it's dying, but then all of a sudden that cocoon starts cracking open and that creature breaks free, transformed in a completely different looking creature altogether. Pretty miraculous. So miracles do happen. All right, I love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And be safe, be healthy, be joyful. I will see you next week. <laughs>